You're listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast, episode number 36. In today's episode, I interview feminine empowerment coach and client, Corrine Mickler-Kay, who's talking about her experience working with clients on the energetic and embodied experience of remembering and reclaiming our truth. Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy, and on this show, we talk about inspirational journeys in life and entrepreneurship. Through soulful conversations with inspiring guests, you're sure to get clear, get organized, get enlightened, and get moving on your dream business with the perfect blend of strategy and alchemy. And welcome, welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. Welcome back. I have the amazing Kareen. Kareen is uh, one of my gorgeous, gorgeous clients, uh, Kareen Mickler-Kay, and she is Womanhood Redefined. Welcome, Kareen. Hi. Thanks so much, Sharon. So fabulous to have you on. I'm really, really excited to talk with you today about all of the wonderful things that you do. Um, I'm going to introduce a little bit more about Corrine before we chat to her today. So Corrine is a feminine empowerment coach working with clients on the energetic and embodied experience of remembering and reclaiming their truth and leveraging personal power so that they can rise and thrive as individuals and as a collective. She is a coach, teacher, creative entrepreneur and mama of two. Her work is rooted in exploring how we got to where we are today stepping into the responsibility that comes with privilege and celebrating the journey along the way. She supports women in returning to the wisdom in our bodies and the rhythms of nature so that we may experience the great mother within us and ultimately know our true essence and our oneness. Welcome, Corrine. So great to have you here. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. And you are, of course, in Salt Lake. Uh, Vail in Colorado. Colorado, close. Yes, in Colorado. Yeah, close, close from from across the ocean. It, yes. It's close from where we are here. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, amazing. So great. It's um, it's wonderful to have you from um, the other side of the world, uh, not only as a client but also on the podcast. Um, we've been working together for the past couple of months and having lots of fun. And I'm going to share a little bit about how we got to know one another and how that happened. But for the for the listeners who may be new to this work or this world, what does a feminine empowerment coach actually do, and what actually brought you to this work? Yeah. So in my experience and in my world, um, a feminine empowerment coach is really, I I really work with women to reconnect to their feminine essence. And for me, that feminine essence really looks like the, the gentleness and the space and the, the bigness that is the feminine energy. And so a lot of the work that we do, depending on where a woman is at in her journey is, you know, we go through this process of remembering who, who she is, who, who you are as an individual. And that can look like, you know, the, the, the dream that your hopes and dreams, it can also look like finding more harmony in your life with yourself and your energy, it really depends where 
and in where a woman is at on her journey, where we begin, but we always begin with the remembering. And then we are moving into the reclamation. And the reclamation is really where we start to take the inspired action that is in alignment with the, the true essence. And so as a feminine empowerment coach, we're really just reconnecting women to their selves and to our history as, you know, generations of, of women and, and really reclaiming that wisdom so that we can move forward in the modern world as feeling in wholeness, because there's so much, uh, fractionated, like disjointedness, um, with women today around who we are and what we're supposed to be doing and what we really want. And, you know, the expectations, um, I could go on, but I think we all know that experience. So yeah, we, we really reconnect and then, you know, it's a supportive place to help women to start to move in the direction yeah, I love that. You know, the the importance of remembering and reclaim and and that's been a theme with other people I have, you know, I have interviewed who do this work. Um I know that you also know Rebecca Ross, uh who who's another client and and beautiful friend and and you know, and that is again her flavor and it's so interesting that you you both bring that essence which I'm sure we're going to dive into a little bit more, but you know, I think that it is more important and we we will talk a little bit more about that, but it's just so, we've really lost that, haven't we? I think we have. And I, I really started to notice, well, just a, a little part of, you know, how I got here in my journey. Um, when I was about 30 years old, I decided to go off of birth control. Just, I just felt like I just wanted to, I didn't, you know, at that time I, you know, I wasn't really on social media. There's so many wonderful accounts now, and there's so much information for, for women around health and hormones and all these things. But I just had this feeling about it and, um, that I just wanted to try tracking my cycle. And I started tracking my cycle around age 30 and I had my first, um, my first child at 34 and, um, I actually had a home birth. I had a, a, a natural birth with a midwife and there was a lot of just feeling called to, to try to really reconnect to this wisdom. And, you know, my mother had me via a C-section and it was in this process of really reading about, you know, birth and midwifery and all these things that, I first started to be like, wow, there's like been a lot that's been lost. Um, that's really been taken from our mothers, you know, and depending what generation you are and how far back it goes. And that was really kind of my first experience just with reclaiming my womanhood was at actually wanting to walk the path that so many women before us the way that babies have entered the world for so many generations, Mm. um, before us. And that's when I really kind of became interested in just looking at my own womanhood. And then from there, it's spawned off into many different directions, um, and really studying the effects of patriarchy and, um, you know, colonialism and all these things that, 
that are have us to where we are today in the world mm-hmm. and really just looking at really noticing that that you know things have been lost and that for many of us we were raised by women who were taught not to trust themselves who were taking advice from outside of themselves um and so uh, uh, that's really like kind of where this initial interest came um, before then leaping off the leaping off the cliff into the world of energetics, which is just so much fun and 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 marrying. I really love like marrying the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, what I'm really curious about is, you know, you, you had that experience through, you know, going off birth control and, you know, that journey into motherhood and, you know, that very, very, oh, just, you know, deep reclamation of that experience, that birth experience. Like, you know, I just absolutely admire your, you know, your wisdom and really reclaiming that at that point in your life to be able to put that stake in the ground and say, well, actually, this is what I want and how I want this to go down. But are there were there any other things that really led you to this work? Like what else was part of your journey into this? Was it just that experience or were, were there more things that kind of pointed to this this is needed? Well, I think it's definitely a part of of my essence and of my life's work. I'm trained as a dancer and um in college, I studied dance and psychology and, and I never was interested in a performance career. Um, I ended up with a teaching career, which I also would never have, have <laughs> chosen or said that I was going I to do. It. I actually didn't know that about you. I don't think. Uh, maybe I did. Maybe we talked about it right in the beginning and I'd forgotten, but wow. Yeah. Of course. I went, I went to, uh, I went to college with so many girls that, that wanted to own a dance studio. And I always thought, I would never want that. And then I ended up um, working with children and teaching dance for for many years. But my interest was always really in, it was really in like dance for for everyday people. Um, And and the, the importance of creative movement and really feeling ourselves. Um, that was always a, a big interest to me. And I had planned to, to become a somatic psychologist and um, life took me in a different direction. So, yeah, I mean, this has been For a theme of my life. those people who don't life. know what somatics is, can you just unpack that? Because I, I may have listeners who don't, who aren't sure of what somatics is. Yeah. So somatics is just, it's really the, the study of the experiencing of the body. And so somatics can, can be uh, more anatomical. And, and, you know, more technical, if you will, like, you know, the study of, of the body and movement and that experiencing somatics can also be something as simple as sitting quietly with your eyes closed and doing a body scan and feeling where you feel tension in your body. So it's really just, I, I, you know, I would, I guess say to me, it's really just the relationship with your body as a sensing organism. Mm. And, and being able to really connect into sensation and movement and presence, like all at the same time. And that this is a really important tool for really everything, but personal regulation, um, you know, 
intuition. Yeah. And again, um, it's something that we've forgotten. It's, it's, you know, it, we need to remember this stuff and reclaim it because actually being connected and, and, you know, I mean, that's what embodiment is all about, isn't it? But actually being able to tune into those sensations in our bodies and, you know, that's, that's a whole relearning process that, you know, I think everybody on the planet largely has over time, particularly in the Western world has really forgotten. Yeah. It's really been conditioned out of us at an early age because, you know, we, we can still see it in children. Yeah. You know, if you want to see it out, out of them, usually our parenting goes in a different direction. Right, right. Like young children. And, and because a lot of those behaviors are difficult to manage, we you know when we're when children are really experiencing themselves, those can be inconvenient um, to our schedules and to our lifestyles and to all kinds of things. And so, you know, I think that for so many of us, or for, you know, most people that I know, and I, I think, you know, if we look at just the Western world, it's, there's always an overvaluing of, of the mental processing of the mental capacity that, and that's, you know, if we look at, if we go into energetics, that's really the mind is, is the masculine energy. It's the logic. And there is a place for that. And, and it's, we don't want to, it's not that the body and the intuition is better. It's that they need to come back into balance. And so we're not looking to just be fully, um, you know, instinctual beings that are just moving on primal instinct, Exactly. you know, and I think this is a piece that you and I have really, um, covered a lot in our time together is this idea of discernment and, you know, this, this, this feminine discernment is really the ability to be a sharp, mindful, um, you know, connected woman in, in your mental processing and in your mind and allow yourself to receive and also be connected to just those instincts or those feelings or those nudges. And really a lot of it is, is learning yourself yeah, and learning how your intuition speaks to you because it's a process. It's yeah. a, it's a, un, it's really like an unfolding when we begin to find that in ourselves. And I, I do also, you know, something that I've been noticing lately is there can be this, um, pressure in the, in the coaching world, especially in the feminine coaching world to just follow your desire and, um, you know, like just, you know, take the leap or, or face your fears or whatever, walk into your flames. But I've actually kind of noticed that I think that that can be kind of dangerous Mm -hmm. if you're new to reconnecting to your intuition because it takes, it takes some time to really, to really feel the difference between, um, something that's just excitement or, um, you know, what's really right for you. And so I always, it's like, it requires a certain level of that balancing out of the logic and the body 
in order to find that discernment and find that sweet spot that it's like, okay, this is a safe stretch, but it's, you know, like it's not dangerous, you know, it's like there's, yeah. there's safety in taking that stretch. Yeah. And there's a lot of trial and error that I think has to happen when you're reconnecting to yourself. And so I always went with my clients, you know, we talk a lot about this and I know we'll get to, to human design here, but when we're talking about the intuition, I'm, I always say starts with something small, mm. practice using your intuition where the stakes aren't too high yeah. at first, because that's when you can, that's when you'll kind of, you know, get the feedback of, okay, that was my intuition. And that was actually over there. Like that was, you know, that actually was my ego because <laughs> sometimes well, yeah, ego can feel like intuition, right? We're human. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But it's, it's, the, it's, it's that fine tuning. And so, yeah, in then in the feminine empowerment work, it's really about re connecting to, and then beginning to see our feminine nature, which in many ways has been, you know, a lot of women feel, can feel really um, like weighted down by our feminine nature and our emotionality and in our cyclical nature, but actually starting to see it as a superpower. And that's the empowerment piece. Yeah. Like, you know, they're predictable cycles a lot of the time where it's like, ah, I can work with this. I can work with this. So there's, you know, greater flow, greater flexibility. It's, there are so many benefits, so many benefits. And I mean, just the simplicity of guiding women back to that alone is incredibly empowering. You know, it's incredibly empowering because it means that people can manage when they're going to need to perhaps be more logical over when they're going to they know that they're going to need to be in their body you know as well when they understand those cycles and when they understand their human design which leads me to my next question now most of my listeners my regular listeners Corinne know that I'm a huge fan of human design and while I'm not a guru of it at all um, absolutely love human design and that is how um, for, for people listening that is actually how Corinne and I um, first connected because I saw you post in a Facebook group and um, you know you you were looking for you know, some guidance, or I, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but I know that you said that you're a manifesting generator and, and in the Facebook group that it was, I was like, I don't know whether in like many people in here would actually know about this, but I knew right away that we had a connection. And I, I think I, I wrote a response and very quickly we were in the DMs having a chat and that kind of went on. And, and, um, and then very shortly after, um, you know, you joined me to work with you as a coach for, for the next, well, six months, which is just amazing. Um, for people who don't know, human design is, it's a modality that's quite similar to, I guess, you know, you could say it gives you similar information to say what your star sign might give you just so people have something to hang it on. It's not that, um, but it's, you know, to give you, you know, you get a, a, 
a name of what you are and, and things like that. So um, I, I don't want to go into so much what human design is. People are smart enough, my listeners are anyway, to go and, and look that up. But I'd love to really chime in because you are an expert in human design. Um, we've had, you know, like your the depth and breadth of your understanding of human design just absolutely blows blows my mind you know the conversations that we've had you know you know about you know the gates and all of the things you know like it just blows my mind what you do know I want to I want to ask you what does our you know in like more complete human design chart because people will say oh yeah you know um you know Kareen's a manifesting generator and Sharon's a projector and kind of put us in that box However, there's so much more to human design than just what your overall human design type is. So, you know, what what does one's human design chart really reveal about them? And in particular, I'd love to ask you, how does knowing that benefit women in particular? Because I know that that really is your zone of genius is using human design to empower women. So chime in on that one for me. Yeah. So, um, there are three main pillars of human design that are really at the foundation and human design can be one of those things that it can be total brain candy because you can look at all the, all the gates and all the numbers and all the, like it, you can go way out into detail but at the fundamental level, none of that really matters if you aren't connected to the, to the three core pillars, which are going to be your energy type, your strategy, which your strategy and your energy type are one and the same, mm-hmm. and your authority. And then the next level up of that would be your profile. But in the, the energy type, strategy, and authority, your energy type there are two different categories of energy types. So there are five energy types Four, depending on different schools of human design, will say that a, a man of a, gen, a manifesting generator is actually just a type of generator, but there's generators and manifesting generators. And these energy types, we source our energy intrinsically, which means that we have a defined sacral center, which is an energy center in the body it's at the it's at the, at the womb space just below the belly button if you wanted to to feel into it on your body and generators and manifesting generators create their own energy so we are and we are 70% of the population so these energy types if you are one of those two you have access to life force energy that you can generate by being what they, you know, what they say, like lit up. So doing what you love creates energy to do more of what you love. And so you are creating the other category, which are the non-energy types. (laughs) Yes. And these are, uh, our projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. Now these three energy types are very different from one another, but what they share in terms of energy type is that you source your energy from outside. So as a non-energy type, you don't have access to consistent sacral energy. So the way that I use this with women is that we really start to look at where do you get your energy from? Mm -hmm. And if you are a generator type and you feel in low energy, 
let's start to look at why, because I've definitely connected with women who are like, I can't believe I'm a generator. Like I do not feel energetic. And so then we start to know, okay, well then let's connect you back to what can we get you doing so that you can start to feel, you can turn your engine back on essentially versus our non-energy types. We really need to talk about work and rest cycle. Yeah. We really need to talk about not trying to be like the 70% of people that are generators because we live in a generator's world. So that's the first area that we look at is where do you even source your energy and how is this playing out in your life? And how can we get you back into connection with your right energy cycle? The other piece of that is going to be your strategy. And that's really how are you meant to best use your energy? So each energy type has their own strategy. If you're interested in getting into the nitty gritty of this, I do have a PDF guide that will be linked in the show notes. And then the third piece that we talk about is your authority. And your authority is your intuition. And this is the piece that I always find so interesting because How often, Sharon, do you hear people say, trust your gut? (laughs) Just trust your gut. Just trust your gut. Just trust your gut. Well, yes, that works for people with sacral authorities, but you may be surprised to find out that (laughs) authorities speak to us in different ways. So we have different, there's different qualities or ways that we receive intuitive information and human design gives us this in specific. So we can really understand because trust your gut while it's true for a lot of people, it's not true for everybody. So if this is resonating with you, (laughs) you may have a different kind of authority. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just blows me away how, uh, you know, and I mean, you've just reminded me why this week, even though I've just had a week off, I still feel discombobulated because I am a projector and energetically, like I need rest. I need more rest than what I get. And actually coming back to work has just been like, woo. And, you know, it's so funny. Universe has had my back this week in so many ways because I've had a lot of change in my timetable there's been things happen where you know I've had to stop because you know I've had a a sick child at home um you know my some of my clients have had to cancel and change and you know it's just really interesting how actually even though those unfortunate thing happened that the week didn't go as it was supposed to it actually felt very nourishing for me because I felt more eased into it as I'm kind of feeling completely discombobulated so but I know that because I know my human design and it's just so incredibly valuable I will I'm just going to say you can get a human design reading with Corinne if you are looking to know more about your human design it will change your life like it is hands down one of the best things I've ever learned about myself and I've I've not met a person yet who doesn't have an accurate chart you know unless you know obviously they weren't sure when they were born and things are a little bit out of you know out of whack there but everybody who was clear on when they were born um 
unreal like just unreal so incredibly accurate it's it's amazing it's an amazing modality um and I guess you know that's such a benefit to women right for sure because it's just a deeper layer of self-knowledge and what I love about human design too is that your human design is your human design. It doesn't change. Mm. So you can take personality tests. And I think, you know, I've found great value in the Myers-Briggs or um, I know a lot of people like Enneagram. Mm -hmm. I haven't done a lot with Enneagram myself, Mm -hmm. so I can't really speak to it. But the thing about those is as you shift and change, your answers may shift and change. And yeah. so because our the thing with your, change. yeah, or yeah, the, the, you know, you may just be going through different things or, or feeling different ways about, you know, your external circumstances, yeah. but with your human design, what it, what it really is. And if you don't resonate right away, usually when we start to, to peel back some layers and ask some questions, we kind of, we will find that it's because parts of yourself have, you've, you've morphed or molded or shifted yourself to fit better mm. into, you know, cultural norms or fam- familial expectations or whatever it is. And so your human design is really like, it's really like this essence of you. They, people will call it your soul's blueprint. Mm. Um, one of the things, I don't know whether you've noticed this, but I notice when I'm, I've been with clients as they're just discovering their human design um, because it is, you know, it is a part of the work that I do is, you know, I do ask my clients, I want to know what their human design is so I can quickly kind of get a little bit more on a hold of where their energy comes from and what is more likely to make them tick. But one of the things that I find is quite common is their genius is actually the parts of themselves. Like their genius as revealed on their human design chart is often the parts of themselves that they've tried to suppress for a lot of their lives. Have you found that? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, that's how I resonated with human design in the first place was because I was like, oh my God, a manifesting generator is supposed to be multi-passionate and, and not stick with one thing and change directions and change their mind and like lead with pleasure. Oh my God. That is like my dream come true. I hear I've been trying to like stick with something because I didn't want to feel flaky because everyone's like, Oh, what, what are you on to next? Oh, because you know, of societal conditioning that at a certain age, you know, it's cute. It was cute to be multi-passionate when I was younger, but then it was like, so well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And when I found human design, it was, it was just like this permission slip to, to really follow be who you are, what excites me. And, and I think, um, so oftentimes, you know, I, you know, I, in each energy type, there's a lot of, you see a lot of similar themes, yeah. um, of places that people have felt repressed whether it's in, in using their voice or expressing their opinions or, um, you know, 
Yeah. Taking rest. Yeah. There's a, you know, especially, you know, about not being consistent or, or potentially, you know, the flip side of that is exposing those parts that they do need to work harder to kind of bring in alignment, you know, cause it's sort of like, it's almost like, ah, right. Okay. When it's brought into conscious awareness, then it's like, well, yeah, I have had difficulty with consistency, but what would feel good? You know, what could I be consistent with? Because, you know, this is a little bit of trivia for my listeners. The vast majority of my clients are manifesting generators. Like fun fact, that's the truth is I have so many manifesting generators as clients. It's, it's the, the overwhelming number are many Jennies. I'd probably say to the tune of maybe 80%. Um, so it's considerably large. And, you know, I know when we first met, the, I shared my chart with you before you had actually, um, you know, even signed with me. And you were so excited because you were like, you've got all the parts that I don't and I've got all the parts <laughs> that you don't. <laughs> and for you, as like someone who understands human design charts in their entirety and for anyone who's not seen one, go have a look at one, um, you know, because they're quite detailed. You were just like, oh, it was like the lock and key, you know, and I tend to find that that's so true for manifesting generators and, and with working with me because I'm a projector and, you know, I can see the parts that, you know, that um, perhaps can't be seen by the Manny Jenny, but also, you know, one of the things that I often remind Manny Jennies is the rest of the population aren't Manny Jennies. So, you know, slow down because you're giving them whiplash, you know, and they're like, oh, really? (laughs) it's like it's really um you know I think that that's a real benefit because we can bring what we don't have into conscious awareness I mean for me when I work you know when I'm a client of Manny Jenny's they remind me to anchor down into my sacral energy um, which is harder to cultivate so I usually need to be around people who have that energy center lit up so I can refuel. So, you know, I mean, it's, that's a really beautiful thing knowing that. So I know who in my world I need to be around to help me, you know, plug into that. So it's just, it's such an interesting thing. Like it's, it's fascinating. I get so excited. It is. And I think the thing that's really important is because it can feel really overwhelming, especially if you're a person that it, that it just doesn't, you know, like make sense or it looks confusing, but here's the thing. You can use human design as a tool and know the very bare, bare bones basics. You know, you can pull your own chart and and your partner's chart, or you can pull your child's chart. And if you just know a couple of things, you can really start to work with those pieces of information and apply them to your life. You do not need to understand the system You know, and then depending on your energy or depending on, you know, your chart, you may be a person that goes deep into things, or you may be somebody that says, okay, this piece, you know, those three pieces that I mentioned, got it. Cool. Let's roll. And that can be enough for you. So I really, when I work with women, I, 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 you know, it's like, if it resonates, we can go as deep as you want. But if you just want to stick with the basics, because that's what you can handle and that's your bandwidth and that's how your mind works, 
you can still get a lot out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I really second that, you know, Um, and I mean, I can speak from experience there because I haven't felt a calling to, you know, like it doesn't rule my life. I don't have it as everything, but, you know, I definitely have this curiosity and, and I have had the curiosity. So I know, I know what the human design is of every person in my household. And, you know, interestingly enough, all the girls are projectors and all the boys are manifestors. Oh my <laughs> so gosh. Really interesting. Whoa, um, that's really interesting. It is really interesting. I mean, three projectors is unusual. Pro- projectors are what, 20, 22% of the population around there? Yeah. Uh, and so- manifestors are about nine. So there you go. Uh, and we've got, yeah, we've got three and two. Um, but, it, you know, it is really interesting to know that, um, that information and just keep it in your pocket because, you know, when things are amiss, often that can reveal a lot about why things aren't connecting together or why energy feels off. Mm-hmm. And how cool to know it for your kids as they are, entering the world and, you know, for, especially with your kids being non-energy types, it can feel like they're, they're a lot of non-energy types burn out a lot younger because they're trying to keep up. And so how cool that you can really be that guide for them to help them understand that their power lies in the potency of their aligned action, not trying to keep up with, with every, how the pace of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. And I mean, I've, I've really not even touched on that, you know, to where I could, you know, I mean, I'm even thinking about this now and I've got my 17 year old home who is unwell, but, you know, a lot of it is fatigue related. And it's like, well, there you go. You know, like it's been a difficult, um, a difficult year for her so far. So um, anyway, so interesting. Uh, I want to, I want to chime in before we were recording, before I hit record, we were talking about the coaching industry and coaching at large. And, you know, we have both benefited immensely from coaching Um despite both being coaches of some type that we still, you know, we still invest in it and see a need for it. Um, I I wanted to really ask you like, why, why do you believe that coaching is so important and particularly for women in this current global, I want to say shit show that we're in, like, why, why is it, why is it so important for women right now? to to work with a coach and the benefit of coaching I mean coaching gets a bad rap a lot of the time and and I also completely understand that but I also know the amazing work that my clients do in bringing women you know largely um, back to themselves for different reasons why is it so important right now so just to answer the basic question of like, why would you hire a coach and, and why, why would you hire a coach over just doing it yourself? Right. Because you can do a lot of things yourself, but the reality is when you have somebody in your corner, somebody who is committed to seeing the best in you, 
and really committed to pulling out the best in you through your process of even if it's just wanting some extra support or wanting to, um, you know, just find more harmony, like I said, in, in your own life, it's like having that person who is rooting for you and is, is really invested in, in you becoming the best version of yourself and who's willing to help you see that in yourself first is I think priceless because, you know, one of the things that, that I've been really working with, with women on is learning how to go through your, your, your waning period better, you know, because we all are, and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, right? We all go through highs and lows and to try to escape those lows is impossible and will lead you down a very unhappy path. And so it's when you have a coach in your corner, when you have somebody that is observing and listening and helping you to see your blind spots and really guiding you back to back to your highest potential, back to your truth, cheering you on, the the process just gets to, to be so much more fun because it, it's really this human to human, um, sharing. Mm. And so I think I see that as just like one of the, the greatest benefits of coaching. Yeah. I mean, it's, is, we're not designed to work in a silo. We're no. designed to be part of community and, you know, and be collaborative and lean into one another. You know, that's, that's a big part of, of, of what, uh, you know, what our mothers have done for generations and yet we've somehow lost that. And I guess that comes back to your whole philosophy around that, that reclamation, that remembering and that reclamation of where we came from. Absolutely. And, you know, if even worse than, than not being connected, but we've also been pitted against each other to be competitive with one another. And so a lot of women have sisterhood wounds and, you know, experiences of betrayal or, you know, other things that have happened in, in female relationships. And so that's another place that, you know, I think we're, we're reclaiming as women is our sisterhood um, because so many of us have been burned It's very and a lot of that is conditioning, you know, and I think in today's world, you know, I joke, I'm like, whoo, it's a dumpster fire out there. Everybody like (laughs) fast, fasten your seatbelts, you know, these are crazy times. And you know, there's different theories on what's happening, you know, depending on, you know, there's the, the age of Aquarius, um, in human design, we talk about, um, the shifting of, um, an epoch, which is a a period in, in time. And, um, we're shifting out of one incarnation cross, the incarnation cross of planning into a new era, the incarnation cross of the sleeping Phoenix, and that there's energies here that are shifting away from, um, the, the societies that we've known at the governments, the structures, the, the governing bodies Mm -hmm. into a period where individual, um, 
individual leadership is really the way of the future. And I, this can be looked at as, oh, so like everyone's just looking out for themselves. You know, communities are breaking down. Everyone is, is just, just following their own, you know, their own inner guidance. Doesn't that like, aren't we going to all be alienated and, um, you know, everyone's going to be selfish. And the reason I would say that that is actually the opposite is because when we look at our intuition, when we look at our essence and our truth, it's really coming from the highest good. And so in this day and age, I think that the more that we, the sooner actually that we can reconnect to our own wisdom and our own awareness and our own inner guidance, the better we're going to fare in these tumultuous times as we are seeing, you know, betrayal from leaders and governments and structures that we thought that, you know, the the level of of trust and authority right now is like at an all-time low. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's so important is that we have to really reconnect back into ourselves. And ultimately that's rooted in, in love. You know, if we're believing in oneness, you know, and we're believing that at the essence of every individual is this essence of love. It's the truth of the universe. And so the quicker to us. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think in this, the only way that we are going to get through is to go inward. Yeah. And in go only in going inward can we really authentically connect outwardly mm. as well. You know, and so the another thing too is it would be very easy. It's very easy in these times to, to lose yourself in, in hysteria, right? We've talked a lot about this, Sharon, of, of being dysregulated. Yeah. One look at the news can, can send you into a very dark place. Mm. And so more than ever, we have to, we have to connect to ourselves in order to, to hold hope and to hold optimism. Um, because only in that, only from that place, can we be effective mm. in making the change that we need to make? And, and so much of the change that we need to make is really on the micro level. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's it going really on is. in your partnership, what's going on under, under the roof of your household, what's going on in, in your, in your community. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. so that takes a strong centered self-loving woman to be able to look at all of that. And so I think more than ever, you know, the more that we can nurture ourselves, the more that we are going to, you talk about, you know, as women also, you know, revealing those shadows, you know, those shadow parts of ourselves and, and healing those, you know, like, and I just think, I love how you talk about that because I, I think that, that's so true is the solution is you know women stepping up and reclaiming you know reclaiming what we bring to this world and bringing forth the best of that you know I mean even we've seen women in governments and I know this is even you know something that is I've no doubt going to have a ripple effect and affect us here in Australia but I know that you have had women in high places who have 
essentially betrayed women. Um, you know, with with the current um, political climate around abortion, and you know, and it's just, you know, it's it's putting that aside and a, and a collective rising of you know of women who are healed, who are embodied, who are connected to you know to their history and empowered and also empowering those those other women who have been even more disempowered you know women of color women who um you know who have come from social disadvantage and you know just like rising together you know like nobody loses when that happens in society right and i think it's i just it's really important to point out that it's this I speak to women because I am a woman. I identify as a, as a cis woman. That's so that's what I'm speaking to, but this is about everyone reclaiming their feminine. This is about our men reclaiming their feminine as well. You know, this is really about, um, you know, everyone feeling feeling this, you know, and it's, it's the great mother energy. It's, it's the nurturing, it's the inclusive, it's, it's the one who doesn't leave people behind, Yeah, you know? And so my work is specifically geared towards the women that, you know, people that I, my identity, which is a cis woman. Um, but this work is really collective and, you know, as women, you know, one of my favorite, and I will wrap it up with this because this is just one of my favorite images. Um, and I think it's, I think it's like from Carl Jung actually, but it's this idea that as women, we hold the lantern and the lantern is really what lights up the dark corners and the dark places. And so as women, we are the lantern holders that allow for, you know, in a, a traditional male and female partnership it really allows for the woman is is the the holder of of the light that shines into the dark corners that illuminates the places that that have been hidden mm-hmm. and so i just think that you know if if we really embrace that as a responsibility that we get to be the lantern holders yeah. um that that for me, that's just such a driving force of, of why we do this work Yeah, because we need more light shining into those dark corners. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is really so very true. And just a beautiful analogy of, of the feminine, you know, that I, I love that analogy. Thank you so much for that. Oh, Corrine, You've got a really exciting launch coming up around um, around an offer that you've got. And, you know, I think this is the thing about coaching is there's, we can do this stuff on our own in a silo if we want, but even coaches, coaches more than anyone know the power of having someone else hold that container for us so we can swirl with, whatever needs to be swirled inside of it. And that, that for me is the power of coaching. It's being, it's that sense of being held so we can surrender into it and explore all those parts in, you know, in a safe way where we're being and feeling held. And I know that you've got a really exciting launch coming up. 
Um, and that includes a masterclass. I just love, I'd love for my listeners to be able to hear about that and to hear about how they can jump in um, into your masterclass and, and potentially into your programs to, to find out more about what you do and, and really do this work. Yes. So the, I'm going to be hosting a masterclass. It's, um, it's called Fantasy to Fruition. And we're really going to be starting to talk about the difference between fantasy and desire. And this really is going to connect to the difference between girl energy and woman energy and how it's different to be claiming and standing and, and empowered as a woman. Um, and the, the fruition piece of taking action towards what you want in a way that feels really good. I'm all about things feeling really good. And that doesn't mean that we avoid the hard stuff. It just means that we don't feel like we need to sacrifice ourselves in the process. And so the Fantasy to Fruition Masterclass is going to be really an introduction um, and a conversation around these ideas. So if you are someone who is, you know, new to personal development, or if you're someone that's just ready to, um, to, to step even deeper into your own truth, uh, this masterclass will be a great way to start mm. because we're really going to be, there's going to be some things that you're going to be able to take and really chew on um, and do some self-inquiry around. So good. Um, so how can they find and follow you so that they can get their uh, hands on the link to join? Yeah. So right now um, I just have my social media channels, which um, Instagram, my handle is at womanhood redefined. There's a, a space in the middle. Um, and then uh, my Facebook is Kareen McClure K. I do have a Facebook community as well, um, where I put different trainings and things in there. And so all of that can be found. The easiest place to probably start is Instagram and everything is available there. And we'll have that linked in the show notes for people listening who don't have their eyes on that now. Um, do make sure that you come back and find and follow Corinne. And that masterclass is coming up next Wednesday, Australian time, um, Tuesday evening for, uh, oh no, it's Wednesday, your no. time, sorry. It'll I think Thursday, our time. <laughs> Thursday in Australia and Wednesday, the 3rd of August, US time. So um, make sure that you check time zones and things for that. And can they get the replay if they register and the time zone's not quite right? Yes, absolutely. The replay will come out um, just, you know, shortly after and it'll be available indefinitely. So you can watch that Amazing. whenever. I think there'll be yeah. a, lot of, uh, a lot of Aussie listeners signing up for that one, um, which would be really <laughs> exciting. Corinne, I usually finish off with three questions. We've kind of already covered off one, but um, if it's okay, I'd love to ask you my three signature questions or two, uh, because we've had the third, which is where we can find and follow you. How would your parents describe what you do for a living? You know, I don't even know what they would say. I I think they would say a little of this and a little of that. Um, my <laughs> <Dance teacher. laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think they would, 
you know, my mom is, is definitely, you know, she's a big, both my parents are very supportive. Um, but you know, I don't know that they would, I think they would say, I'm not really sure. She kind of, we see her stuff and she's talking about some stuff that's maybe a little out there. I'm, I probably embarrass them a little bit <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> I love it. So I, love I think it. we're all, we're all still adjusting. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And Corinne, what has been the most joyous part of your life and business journey to date? I think just the, the, the opportunity, um, and really the privilege to be able to be curious about myself and about, um, about the world that we live in, because I think a lot of us go through life and never really questioning um, why we do the things that we do or why we have the problems that we have, um, and really being able, really taking the time to like, kind of peek under the rug and pull back. And so I think the, for me, the most joyous thing is just been to be able to be myself in that way, to be curious and to embarrass my family on Facebook and to really start to talk about the things that matter to me and, you know, knowing that this work is really, um, it's really for all of us. And, you know, I might, I keep my children in mind so much when I'm doing this work because like, it's really for our, our, you know, it's for ourselves and then ultimately to pass down, um, this, this ability to just be truly ourselves, to be fully expressed and seen and loved for it. Mm. And thankfully, you know, I, I feel very grateful that, you know, my God bless my husband and, um, his willingness to, (laughs) (laughs) to support me on all my crazy endeavors and, and, and different things that I'm up to because, um, you know, he's also a manifesting generator, but he's an emotional authority. He moves quite a bit slower than I do. <laughs> yeah, love it. Corinne, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast and I just wish you all the best for the upcoming launch. Um, it's so wonderful to have you as a, as a tenacious one-to-one client, but also a member of Solid as well. And um, I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you, Sharon. It's such a, it's such a privilege to be led uh, and guided by you because um, you have really helped me to, um, to, to really hone my focus so that um, I am really starting to feel more clarity and, and more direction um, so that I can take all the things that I love and all the bigness and all the all the variety and really be of service to women. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy. Jump on over to find me on the web at SharonJoyCoaching.com. 